head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 203 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen and joining me today is the Adama Traore of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we look back about... 20 minutes here after UFC London finished on a pretty, pretty mad night and a pretty mad week of MMA as well. We'll get into other stuff. Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson. Next week, my boy Wonderboy is fighting. My boy in other ways as well, Anthony Pettis. So we'll talk about that as well. But Graham, how are you? How are things? How was the weekend? Yeah, it was good. Uh, what did uh, Traore do? Why, why? He didn't do nothing. I just love Adama Traore. All my friends know. I don't know if I've talked to you about it. I probably have a long time ago. I just love lads like that who are like really good athletes and who run fast, who are but a little bit useless as well. I, I don't know why. I have just a soft spot for them. Just like head down, running really fast. And yeah. sometimes when it works, it looks great. Like, But usually nine times out of ten or 99 times out of 100, it's just Yeah. As well, hold on. <laughs> but before we do that, congratulations to you as well on your engagement. Very, very good. I know Thank you. Thank I know you. all the Severe MMA podcast fans here are very happy for you. And they'll all, they'll, <laughs> they'll all be getting an invitation. It's even it's, it's even more reason for people to sign up to Patreon, isn't it? You've you've, you've you've won the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> you you come the promo this week telling people to sign up so i don't have to do it <laughs> what, what was uh what were you saying at the end like uh i need the money he was roaring at the press as he was all about i need the money give me the money <laughs> it's like they're not giving it to you lad it's fucking dana white you should be roaring at what are you roaring at john morgan for like fight of the night i need the money i yeah. need the money why are you shouting that at the fans <laughs> yeah it was uh it, wasn't it the, might work though yeah it might it might work probably, like main event gets a little bit of an extra kind of bit of leeway when getting the bonuses yeah uh, yeah that was an interesting segue there from your engagement to her it, it was the patreon <laughs> the thing you were saying yeah, the patreon. Like, we need the money we do need the money in front i actually need it more than you if there's any uh potential fiances out there for me as well send me in you know <laughs> <laughs> send me nudes, <laughs> send me nudes yeah, at and if you sign up on patreon as well you probably have a better chance of marrying me so there is there is that as well but uh you know <laughs> <laughs> you, so I, stay away if, if, if it feels like the two of us are pissed drunk here doing this for the first five minutes even though i haven't drank in like three weeks or something but anyway uh what, what did you what did you think it was a fight at night that that masvidal till fight or, or was it just it was, it was a good fight though for two rounds wasn't it how i ended it in like two two three or five of, of the second round like i thought it was a pretty good fight we, the, the, the fight at night and stuff hasn't been announced here yet obviously we're doing it very quickly but it was a fun fight for two rounds wasn't it yeah, it was. It was a good fight for two rounds, and it was a really nice knockout. He he, he was a hard knockout, and uh, 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 it's going to be uh, it definitely adds a little bit extra when they, when there's like a stunned crowd. It, it adds to like the dramaticness of it, and it's a big moment for George Masvidal. He's been around a long time, and I, I was talking about uh, in the past him being overrated, and I think. I think he probably still is overrated. Like I don't think he's he's people talking about him getting title shots and stuff. And obviously this is this is a huge win for him. But I, I just I just don't see him as a champion. Maybe maybe that's uh, he might prove me wrong. But I I think this is probably going to end up being the the biggest win of his career. And it's a pretty big win and uh, it's a big moment in a in the main event knocking out a a guy who's built a name for himself in Darren Till. Like people people are invested in Darren Till, so. Uh, this is this is a big chance for him if he's ever going to be a champion. This is the time now that George Masvidal has to capitalize because I don't see this opportunity coming around again. Realistically, I don't see him beating one of the very very top guys in the division. Although yeah. Darren Till victory, I didn't see coming either. So he, he's proved me wrong once tonight. So you know, uh, MMA is a crazy sport, and anything can happen. Yeah, I look. I I've you said he was kind of. People have said he's overrated for a while, and I've said he's overrated for a while. But I was, I was talking on, on the Sheehan show with Patrick there the other day, and I was saying, and I, I think I've said it here in the past before, that he's both underrated and overrated at the same time. And I don't really know how to explain that, but I still think it's kind of true. <laughs> because, like, it's... I think... I, I 
like I think he's overrated because as you say like people say he is like the, a championship level or he, he's a really really brilliant brilliant fighter and then other people say like ah oh, he's not that good you know he's a lot of a lot of bad losses he's beaten you know he's as I put the stat up the other day and it's, it's obviously changed now but six people he has fought who fought for the UFC title and he's lost to five of them the other one was Cowboy so like there there is that as well which you can't ignore kind of in the heat of the moment like we have now so there's those those two juxtapositions there that he is very good but he's not he's not as good as maybe some people would have you uh think and he's not as bad as other people would have you think so i don't know it's it's it, there's a bit of a justice position there and it's like i think that's kind of like the finish as well because the finish it, it shocked me but i saw it coming I, I, in the fight i didn't see it coming before the fight by by no means I, I won't lie about that but in the fight and i i tweeted it out between rounds in that first round he kept landing that Woodley shot the whole time. And what's funny, every rewatch I do seems to like be, be picking winners at this stage, or picking ways of, of people to win, because well, I talked about him throwing that, that straight shot down through the middle and the shot coming after it, and him, you know, being a very good technical boxer. We talked about it as well last week on the podcast. And in the, that first round, he was like, Till, Till's game plan is to let... Uh, is, is to back guys up is to go forward hit him hard knock him down he did it to Mansfield in the first round he did it to, to Donald Cerrone he's done it to most guys he's fought you know and Masvidal <laughs> the, the game plan he had was to let him do that and then counter him counter him like Tyron Woodley did with that big straight right right down the middle and knock him out with it now he almost knocked him out about fucking six times with it he kept throwing it and he kept landing it I said it, said it after the first round but even if you had only watched the second round, I would have said it anyway. Because it kept happening over and over and over and over. And it was funny because I, I think if he had landed that knockout shot alone, uh, I'm not sure if he'd have knocked him out with it or, you know, he probably would have hurt him with it. Maybe he wouldn't have finished him or maybe he wouldn't have had as much of an effect. But I think it was the shots and shots and shots he was landing in before that that helped. And the knockout itself, he had kind of... It was funny, he'd just kind of blown a kiss to Darren Till after Till was coming forward hard on him. Then he comes out, switches to Southpaw, throws that sidekick. And then he kind of... It wasn't that he switched back to Orthodox, but he kind of threw a jab. But it was a kind of a weird jab, obviously, with the right hand standing in Southpaw. It was kind of like a... It was it was like a straight shot jab. It was like a you know a kind of a in between Sopa and Orthodox jab, and then he came over the top with the the left hand and obviously knocked him out. That left hook, the left hand, he's been landing. He must have landed it fifteen times in the fight, really. And it was that knockout was coming in the fight, but before the fight, I really didn't see it. It was it was excellent game planning, really, by Masvidal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was really good. It was a really impressive performance because he overcame a bit of adversity at the start as well. Yeah. I think I think I don't know if you agree, but I think maybe Darren Till didn't show enough respect for for Masvidal's striking. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of trying to be like, ah, that's nothing, that's nothing on everything, and then all of a sudden he's KO'd hard. Yeah, do you even <laughs> hear him like in the commentary? They were saying like, oh, Mas- or, uh, Till is looking for the first round knockout here. I was like, God, that's like because Masvidal. I think even if you're people who some of the people who underrate uh, who underrate Masvidal, which we might be at, uh, <laughs> you know, considering what we we said about him in previous weeks. Even those people like wouldn't say Jesus go all out against Masvidal because if you make mistakes against Masvidal, he has the technique and the ability to make you pay for them. Now, okay, maybe we didn't see a, a knockout coming, or maybe even the people who said that couldn't see a knockout coming. But you could see, you could you could easily see Masvidal land lots of big shots at him if you didn't have the respect for him. And I agree, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Maybe he didn't have the 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 level of respect he deserved, especially like like if you look at the Wonder Boy yeah. fight, like the level of respect he had for Wonder Boy striking. Yeah, well, you know, Wonder Boy did beat up beat Masvidal pretty easily as well. But like, especially you know, if if you're Darren Till and you fought Masvidal before you fought Woodley or before you fought Wonder Boy or whatever, and you came out and you had this sort of display. Maybe you could understand it a little bit because you know, okay, you you got caught or you go. It wasn't that he got caught; he he got out game plan and he got beaten pretty comprehensively in that second round. But you can understand that if it had happened then. But the fact that it happened after he got KO'd by Tyron Woodley and got landed on by Tyron Woodley in a manner which Masvidal did over and over tonight—that's what kind of shocks me a little bit because it seems like he hasn't learned anything from that Tyron Woodley fight, and it it seems like he didn't learn anything in that fight, like. 
he should have been moving away from that right hand. He and he did it a little bit. He he stopped moving forward loads, going going mad with his hands down with the with the the big gap right through the middle. He stopped it for a while, but maybe only a minute in the fight. And he kept doing it over and over again. And maybe you can blame the corner for that, or maybe his his fight IQ or whatever. And you can you know you can definitely give praise to to Masvidal because Masvidal another thing he was doing as well was. Even if Till didn't want to keep backing him up, Masvidal did a good job of like changing to Southpaw and coming back out and letting Till push him forward again. I thought that was a really smart thing he did as well. And, you know, he was kind of drawn Till into his game because Till was like waiting for... Uh, waiting for the, the wrestling to come from the Southpaw stance. And when he didn't go for it, then... He, 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 like, when he, when he didn't go wrestling... Till pushed him back because he didn't want the wrestling to come, if you, if you know what I mean, which was very, very smart for Masvidal as well. Just kind of a little thing that I kind of noticed in that fight. But, like, Till, the thing about it as well, like, Till could have won that fight still in the first round. He was landing big shots, but Masvidal's chin is something I think we underestimate as well. The fucking chin on him is very good, isn't it? Yeah, he's always been able to take a good shot, like, and he's he has been in the past willing to, to take one to give one, and he's been in, in some close fights with, like, uh, Maybe, maybe Till thought like, oh, he's a smaller guy. He doesn't have the the punch and that I have. If I get in a in a slugfest with him, and there's only one one person getting knocked out here, and like you were talking about the last fight, like you know, I oh, you can maybe understand it more if you got caught. But like some of those get think, oh, I just got caught. I just got caught, and they don't they don't work on it. And the exactly. other guy looks at it. His opponent looks at it and thinks, oh, this is a blueprint of how how Woodley landed this punch of how I'm gonna beat him, and it's it. it and so some guys learn from it straight away, and other guys have to learn the hard way by getting KO'd again. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what happened here. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, it was funny. I went to Masvidal's record there on Wikipedia, and it said that he just beat uh, Leon Edwards after the fight. And then I go went on Twitter. Phil Murphy tweeted here: George Masvidal at the UFC uh, London Pro Fight Show. His interview is abbreviated by. Uh, abbreviated after being confronted by Leon Edwards, Masvidal approached him. They started jawing, and Masvidal connects on two punches before they're separated. What? Masvidal what hit fuck? Leon Edwards with two punches. <laughs> fuck. Leon Edwards seems like such a nice guy, though. Like he's yeah. like. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. The last guy you'd expect to be getting punched up after yeah. after his fight. Uh, Dan Tom George just threw a two piece at Leon Edwards backstage. Um, hold on, hold on. I'm just looking at here. Jedi Goodman tweeted it. Hold on, let me let me just have a look here. Uh, let me turn down my sound in case I don't get it. Well, I'm just watching here. I'll give you the play by play. Oh, we walked up to him and just hit him with like four shots. Oh, so he was doing the interview. Leon Edwards just like came over, uh, like down down the aisle from him backstage. Masvidal walks up to him. He throws a left, right, and then left over the top, and he landed the same left hook on him as he landed on uh, on Darren Till. So that's pretty. That's pretty insane, isn't it? What do you fuck? What do you think of that fight so, next? Yeah, well, like it makes sense now. <laughs> it does. It does make sense now. He landed. <laughs> he could get in trouble. Leon Edwards is calling for it in the in the co-main event, and he had to take a couple of punches, but he probably get it now. Yeah, Jesus, that's that that fight does make a lot of sense now. I think that that a kind of fight that could headline, uh, headline a, an English show. So that's, EMEA, I, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if if they're coming back later in the year, uh, that that could be pretty. Uh, Pretty interesting, and we obviously we'll get to the, the Leon Edwards fight in a second. But for Masvidal, and okay, Masvidal versus Edwards, I think makes sense next. I don't think he's getting one of the lads at the very, very top of the division yet. What about Darren Till, though? Where do you think he goes from here? Uh, depends what he what he thinks the problem is. Maybe he thinks it's, it's the weight cut. Maybe maybe he goes the middle way. He's been talking about people have been talking about it around him. I'm not sure what he's been saying about it. Um, <laughs> Like who can you really give him? Like, if if you're not going to do the Ben Askren rematch, uh, you can give him Ben Askren. But mm-hmm. Ponzinibbio, you can give him Ponzinibbio. Yeah, like what? What about that? You, uh, you know, okay, Ponzinibbio wanted him. I think middleweight is the thing for him. Do you like? Do you think? And uh, you know, obviously, you're a lad who's who's spent time with fighters and stuff after you know after wins and around wins and stuff. Do you think like the Wayne had an issue in his chin tonight, or like the way he, he got fights hit pretty hard, and then on the way down he got hit again. Like so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like sometimes you can get hit in the sweet spot with a, with a nice bit of pop on the punch, and uh, sometimes it's I think it's hard, it's hard to know, and sometimes you can you can look into it too much with with a weight cut, like some guy. Might have got knocked out anyway, like that. Like, but it's really hard to know what's going on with the with the weight cuts and the 
like he he's always been doing this wake up you know maybe he's put on a few extra pounds but like is it really all of a sudden affecting his chin massively i don't know yeah maybe he's getting bigger like he's only 24 as well i think they were saying on the on the broadcast so maybe he's just like finishing his kind of growth spurt and he's getting a little bit more muscular and stuff like that i i think middleweight is probably the place for him now especially after after two losses like that and i think it was going in that direction anyway so i'd have no problem with him moving up there now i don't think the knockout tonight was anything to do with that as i said he no he took probably fucking 10 of those shots before that so uh, yeah I, look I don't, I don't think uh, that has anything to, to do with it tonight to be honest all right let's move on here to the the man we just talked about leon edwards as he uh defeated gunner nelson in, in a pretty pretty good display i think we kind of both called it going to a decision last week i don't know i, I sided with with leon edwards just about although it was a close close fight in, in my mind and i think you sided with gunner and it was a split decision which was which was a little bit odd but how did how did you see this this fight over three rounds yeah, I was surprised it was a split decision. I thought uh, Leon Edwards won uh, the first two rounds pretty clearly. Uh, I thought, oh, Before the fight, I thought if Gunnar Nelson got a takedown and he passed the mountain back, we're like a choke. Uh, but when he did get the takedown, there's probably like what just over a minute left to go and Leon Edwards smartly just held on for dear life and gave him no space to do anything and just ate a couple of small shots, but nothing major. And... Uh, kind of fought off the danger pretty well and in the first round he showed that he's a very good grappler himself like, was, like I know he's a good grappler but I was surprised at, at uh, how how well he dealt with Gunnar Nelson uh, in the first round as well and uh, I don't know which round uh, the judge would have given Gunnar Nelson uh, yeah, strange uh, yeah the split decision was very odd I think Gunnar in the third was I gave him the third. You could have given that to Edwards Hill, but I think Gunnar Nelson, he did I nothing last minute. Third, yeah. yeah, but the other two, I, I really have no idea. Like maybe the f- not the first round is probably like the what second, he gave him. Can't give, the second, the second, he yeah. nearly got knocked out, but the first like was pretty pretty clear for Edwards. He was as well, yeah. Like Gunnar Nelson, when this fight started, I was watching it and I was thinking, oh, Gunnar Nelson's going to win this fight because he had done what he what he usually struggles to do, and the reason he doesn't usually win fights is take lads down or did you know those in between bits. I always talk about him. He's he's good on the feet when he can land that big right hand straight down the middle, and obviously when he's on the ground, we know how how excellent he was, and we saw it in the last thirty seconds of the fight uh, or whatever when you know when he did that that SBG passes I call it now, where you know you're kind of laying with your two knees, kind of looking like you're going to go for half guard and then you jump back the other way with your two knees and you end up in mount which is McGregor did it against Seaver as well I think the exact same pass that Gunnar Nelson did tonight um, and look, you know we know how good he is there but at the very start of the fight he took him down Edwards got back up and he took him down again and he took him down with a couple of good trips and I was thinking like this fight's going to be Gunnar Nelson's keep going to those takedowns okay he keeps getting up but eventually at some stage he's not going to get up and that's all you need you only need your opponent to not get up once when you're as good as Gunnar Nelson is on the ground and then you're going to win but he just he went away from it it feels like he said I can't hold him down I'm just going to stop going for wrestling I'm like uh, like to me that's the total wrong thing to do you should keep wrestling and wrestling and wrestling until you get him down it only takes once it's like you know it's like if Conor McGregor's fighting and uh, he doesn't knock a guy out well he's not going to stop trying to knock a guy out is he you know, you know it's, it's it's unlikely that Conor McGregor's going to start wrestling at you or start you know doing you know trying to take her back or whatever now obviously he's done it a couple of times in the past but you know normally that's that's not going to happen or whether it's you know Junior Dos Santos or Mark Hunter or whatever if it's Damian Maia you know he's going to keep trying to take you down so to me I thought that was a bit odd and now give I, I uh, you know that that's maybe a game planning error or kind of an in-fight error from Gunnar Nelson but it's also Leon Edwards was really good and stopped him from getting him down like he okay he got him down twice got straight back up and the, the approaches after that, any approaches Gunnar Nelson made, Leon Edwards did a great job of stopping him. And I think, you know, Edwards' wrestling is very, very good. And his striking is very good as well. I think he's improved. Like, he looked a more athletic fighter in this fight, which which was a little bit odd. He was, you know, John Gooden said it in the commentary as well. He talked about before the fight how Gunnar Nelson keeps his hands down from the breaks. And it was those three big elbows he landed, especially the one at the end of the second round, to me, which made this... You know, it, it was yeah, a, that that hematoma thing as yeah, well. Yeah, that like, was huge. Like the first, the first two rounds to me were. And Gunnar was asking, yeah. according to the commentary team, Gunnar was asking what the shot was. Yeah. The, the the left elbow. So, you know, uh, you didn't even see it coming, and they say that they're the ones that uh, that hurt, hurt the, the most. most. Yeah, but like to me, it was like 
uh, Edwards for the first two rounds before those elbows that with like a, not not a close round but clear but close and then after that it was clear clearly clear you know with, with those yeah. with those kind I don't of think, big elbows. I don't think Gunnar was like as as close to being finished in the second as the the, the commentary team were like he's out he's yeah. out but uh, I de- definitely didn't think that but it was definitely uh, it was definitely a bad moment and it, it, like a couple couple more well played shots and he could have been out but I I don't think. I don't think it was as anywhere near as close as the, the the commentary team would have had you believe and I think it probably was a ten nine, but it was bordering a ten eight, but I would have given it a ten nine. Yeah, I, I tend to agree as well. Yeah, he like the way he caught that arm and he was taking a few shots because he caught the arm, but you yeah. can take shots. This is this is MMA. If you're going for the arm, like exactly. if you're if you're fucking Gunnar Nelson, uh, having an arm <laughs> is is worth more than a fella hitting you in the face a couple of times, like so a hundred percent. Like but to me, that that second round and the, the second half of the first round, if you're looking at it from Gunnar Nelson's point, were very frustrating because he came out in the third and he did wrestle and he did take him down. Um, although you know Edwards was kind of winning the, the start of that round, but like the second round, I think like Edwards's jab was very good. His right hand down the middle, he's landing some some kicks to the leg as well. You know Gunnar Nelson's kind of wide stance. It's it's always a good thing to do against him. But like to me. What Edward, Edwards kind of won this fight? Okay, was those big elbows from the break, but it was kind of not getting hit by that by that big right. Or it's not just not getting hit with it. Uh, it's not letting Gunnar Nelson tie you up with it because okay, if Gunnar Nelson lands it, it's great. He he could knock you out like uh, it was Brandon Thatch, wasn't it? Or, but if he doesn't land it, he can get it around your neck, get tie up, put you against the fence. And Edwards didn't really let that happen at any time. And then he was able to get his game off. And you know, in in the first as well, when uh, when he got on top, he did a good job and he took Nelson's back and stuff as well. You know, there wasn't really that many jujitsu two kind of battles it was a little bit when when um when edwards had his back but the, he kind of kept it in a wrestling game for uh, for a lot of the time it was on the ground apart from the end of it and that's why he won the fight really if you can keep Gunnar nelson away from the jiu-jitsu and keep it in kind of a wrestling or pushing your either working to stay on the ground or working to get back up and not working on the ground if that makes sense uh, i think that's where where you can kind of beat him or where you can beat any guy like that and leon edwards did that really really well it was it was a top performance wasn't it from leon edwards yeah, he's so well rounded. Like, and I think mm. when guys are well rounded, it's easy to underestimate how good they are in individual areas. And I think he kind of reminded us or showed us that he's actually better, better everywhere than than you would think. Like, you look at his record, and now he's after beating Don Cerrone and Gunnar Nelson, like mm-hmm. two guys who offer different threats but are high level in, in what they offer is what well, dangerous and can can knock you out in Don Cerrone's case or submit you in in Gunnar Nelson's case and he he just keeps winning and he keeps answering these questions and okay that these are decision wins and for some reason uh, it was a split decision and it doesn't look as good as the record but when you when you have like whatever 10 wins in a row like you kind of got to push on and get a, get a big fight and obviously we were just talking earlier about the kind of fight that's kind of nearly destined to happen now because they have promotion for it so this is a big fight this is okay people aren't like calling for it. there's no like fanfare behind Leon Edwards outside of uh, the MMA hardcores and even even in that there isn't really much either but if you just keep winning and keep winning and keep winning like you'll eventually get your title shot like like John Fitcher or like one of them guys even if you don't have the most exciting style and Leon Edwards doesn't have like this boring style where he just holds people down or anything but it's just it's just hard when when, when you're kind of a quiet reserved reserved guy who doesn't really trash talk and people it's hard to break through mm-hmm yeah, just talk, make sure you're talking to your microphone there as we go. You're kind of breaking up there a little bit. But i just looking at, at, um, at Wikipedia here as well. <laughs> and and uh, Leon Edwards at Wikipedia. And it says, his last fight, he lost to George Masvidal at three seconds in the first round TKO by punches. So they've, uh, they've bought him up there. But yeah, I think that fight... You know, that, that fight makes sense now. And look, Edwards has won two, three, four, five, six, seven fights in a row now after losing to Usman. And, you know, he's right He's right there in that division. Yeah, you, you know, you can't mess with Leon Edwards now, especially after beating someone like Gunnar Nelson, as you mentioned, you know, Don Cerrone as well. So, you know, top performance for him. And he's going to be... He's going to definitely be moving on. And for Gunnar Nelson, you know, it's... This is kind of what's been happening with Gunnar Nelson over the last few years. It's It's been, you know, a yeah. couple of wins and a couple of losses. And he's... I don't think he's reached the level which a lot of people thought he'd reach, and you—you you were one of those people as well that thought he could get to the right to the top. And I, you know, I remember we were talking about him once, and he didn't. You know, we, I remember we we were joked about having no known weaknesses at one stage, and that's. 
that's not really the case anymore. Maybe do you think that's maybe because the game has maybe uh, progressed a little bit and he hasn't progressed maybe at the level in which the game has? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he hasn't been as that active uh, in terms of fighting. Um, he never really was like kind of as active as a lot of guys can be when they're coming up. But he was just winning with such ease and such kind of grace, nearly like in his performances. Even when he started fighting in the UFC, his submissions it just he made it look so easy that you think, well, how far can this guy go? Like you know, we we barely seen anything here, but. <laughs> He, he he can like I don't doubt that he can do that against the kind of low, lower level guys. He can just go in, take them down, and submit them pretty handily. And the the middle the middle level guys, he can do that too as well. But but it's it's when you're fighting these top level guys that they can like Leon Edwards. They can they know they know what you're trying to do. They, they they've game planned well. They've studied you, and they they're ready for it. And you need to have a backup plan in case in case you need to have something else in case it doesn't happen. And if, like you said, he kind of gave up on the on the takedown attempts in the first round, even though it was kind of it was working, and that can be demoralizing for for your opponent if you keep getting taken down. You have to keep exploding back up, or risking giving something away, getting back up against somebody like Gunnar Nelson. So it's it's maybe it's a he doesn't have the the kind of killer instinct, or he's not he's not as driven maybe as as some other guys in MMA. Yeah, yeah, maybe there is that, and like, uh, I remember I was talking about maybe on the Q and A last week over on Patreon about like he had a, he had a child and stuff like that as well, and maybe it's not his number one priority anymore, and it's not that it's not his number one priority, but it's maybe not the obsession that it, that it used to be, and you know you see that a lot with a lot of guys, and you know, a lot of people have said that about McGregor as well that it, that that you know it could be the the issue for him as well, but you know it's a big time for Gunnar Nelson now, and over his next couple of fights it will. You know, it'll tell a lot about his future, whether it's, you know, regression or whether it's becoming, you know, staying this kind of 500 fighter, as they say in America, are, are moving on and, and moving up that division. But, you know, I wrote about it on, on Shardog the other day that this welterweight division is one that moves really quickly. And, the, the you know, the level of fighter is so good there that one loss can put you back so much. And, like, look at... Look at uh, Leon Edwards, like he, he won lost to Usman and it took him seven fights to get back to a position where people are even talking about him and, uh, uh, you know, as a contender and, and Usman is is the champion. So, you know, for Gunnar Nelson, it's it's going to be a big time now over the next couple of fights and, you know, uh, hopefully he can he can get back to, to win away over, over, the, over the next couple. Um, another couple of fights on, on that card, Dominic Reyes and Volkan Odzimir. <sighs> Reyes won that, but I didn't think he won that. How did you have, yeah, yeah I, I thought, I thought... I was pretty surprised when they read it. I wasn't watching it like really closely, like a judge or anything, but I was pretty sure, like I, I, in my head, without even kind of thinking about it, I was I, I was thinking uh, Uzdemir has done enough here, pretty not not like ridiculous, not not a robbery or anything, but I thought it was clear enough. Yeah, me too. I like I thought he won at least uh, two rounds. You know, the, the I think it was the first two, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, the first and second he won. I it's thought. it's it's one of those, isn't it? Where. There wasn't really mu- that much landed, and maybe it's one of those fights where it's actually better for, and maybe that's every fight for a, a judge to, to judge it better than us, which is a fucking weird thing to say. But uh, if like it feels like maybe. Maybe I was expecting Reyes to go in and do more and go in and knock him out and look like the big athletic monster that he normally is, and he just didn't do that. And to me, Odzimir fought better. Odzimir. You had the better game plan and Odzimir won the fight but maybe when you're going shot by shot and if I looked at it again and maybe I'll, I'll do that it, it'd be it'd be different but on first watch I definitely thought it was Odzimir but it was it was a close fight as well you know a split decision it was you wouldn't take that away from him but I am a little bit surprised but look for the division in a whole it's probably you know it's probably a good thing that Reyes won this you know the crowd booed afterwards and I, I think I know what, what they thought and uh, he called out John Jones afterward and there was kind of it was deafening silence with deafening boos at, at the same time so yeah I think the Dominic uh, Reyes hype train is maybe derailed a little bit but I still think he's, he's a really good fighter and Odzimir is no joke like Odzimir if you get into a technical matchup with kickboxing with Odzimir unless you're you know like if you if you if you rewind a couple of years ago, people were talking about Ozdemir. Uh, like it would have been a huge win for Reyes, mm-hmm. but now people seem to just completely think he's he's terrible. And uh, I actually before the fight, I was thinking right before the fight, I was thinking oh, Ozdemir's going to win this. And then I like in the first two rounds, it looked like he was definitely going to do that. In the third, uh, obviously Reyes uh, did well, but I think I think it's definitely 
definitely the wrong decision. Uh, but I think most people won't won't remember that. It'll just be another win on the record for for Reyes, and that's just the way it goes. Like you know, nobody's gonna, not many people are gonna go back and watch it and see see if he actually did win the fight. But yeah. calling it John Jones after a performance like that, like where, where the crowd is, <laughs> is already booing, is yeah. just kind of like mate, like come on. That was another one. That was another one. Like people just f- let people forget about this fight and uh, move on. <laughs> yeah, to the next one. Don't be calling out John Jones and making a fucking making it memorable. That was that was the type of performance where you say, "I'm not happy with my performance." The crowd are right to fucking boo me. You know, that was the kind of one where you you kind of judge. Yeah, the you crowd make up some bullshit about diarrhea or something. Yeah. And you move on. Like, see you later, <laughs> yeah. mate. Like. I had a bug. Yeah, do do go full Joe Smith uh, and and say say you the bug. Yeah, like I dropped a te- television remote control on my on my foot or something. Who was that? Robbie Keane was it? Uh, the real Ferdinand. I don't know. A few people, I think, yeah. over the years, stupid things like people like dropping like blenders on their feet yeah. and shit. Like these things happen in MMA. And Nathaniel Wood as well. He's another good. He's not Wikipedia page here. How's Nathaniel Wood? Someone get him a Wikipedia page. A typical kind of Nathaniel Wood fight. Come out, a bit of striking in the first round, takedown in the second round, and, and a submission with a rear naked choke. And you know, kind of the same thing happened in the, in the next fight, Claudio Silva and Danny Roberts. Although that happened in in the third round, there was a, a bit of back and forth. And in well, Danny Roberts was there a verbal was tap, it, yeah. Verbal yeah, was it was it was is there some kind of controversy about that or? Yeah, there was a, it was a bit of human and harm, but it, like it seemed to be a verbal submission. I like you can always tell these things by the the person's initial reaction, and when the ref stopped it. Danny Roberts is like, oh, f- f- oh yeah, okay, it was. <laughs> you know, it was kind of one of those. But then when you kind of go back five seconds later, you're kind of saying, oh, ref, you shouldn't have stopped it. But I hate you. Look at his face straight away when they finish it. He realized what he had done, and he realized that Maybe it's a scream, you know. Like yeah. Sometimes a verbal submission is, is a scream, yeah. and, the, and the ref's allowed to take that as a... As a verbal submission, maybe it wasn't a tap or 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 a, yeah or you know maybe it was stop like it. a ah. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it wasn't a stop or it wasn't I'm done it was it was more of a scream maybe. Mm-hmm. What about Nathaniel Wood though? He's really a top prospect, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's looking really good. Like um, it'd be it'd be it'll be okay. Like a bit of controversy here, like but not really like you know major controversy. It's not gonna. It's not gonna reflect badly on him. Like he did everything perfect in the fight. Like and uh, as you said, you can kind of tell by the fighter's reaction that he he kind of knows he was beat. So uh, yeah, I don't see I don't see any kind of like you know or do a rematch or anything like that. So I'd say uh, <laughs> it's hard to know who they'll give him next. Like are they gonna keep him on these uh, these UFC London cards? Yeah. I, or are they gonna I, give him the kind of step up, yeah, bring him over? I think he deserves a step up now at this stage. Like he's, or maybe maybe one more, maybe a Dukanwa fight or something like that. What you know, he's. I think he's ready. But he, no, he's not. Give him, give him a few more. I'd ra- I'd rather, <laughs> you know, because we're we, we're rushing lads too much now at this stage. I think I I think give him a few more. Take your time with him, and it you know it, it will pay off. I think in in the long run, but. What about Mark Casey versus versus uh, Joseph Duffy? Really, really great display by Casey, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was much. It was much more mature performance than we've mm-hmm. seen from him in in the UFC, especially. Uh, you could see how much it meant to him as well. Like you kind of forget how sometimes how uh, how important this is. Like you know, this is guys' lives and. Uh, it's, it's kind of everything they've worked for, like kind of behind the scenes before they ever get to the UFC and before anybody ever knows who they are. You, you know, um, he didn't really say much afterwards, but he said like, you know, it meant everything and just like, you know, he's appreciative of the, of the people who supported him. And when you lose a few in a row, like fighters, it can be very, very dark and sad, like for a lot of fighters because it is everything to them. And yeah, it is like you know, you get caught from the UFC and you're down fighting in other promotions you may never get back and okay uh, not everybody can be a world champion but you know somebody like Marty Casey he like, can actually has the tools mm-hmm. like you know he has the tools to beat a lot of people and to cause problems for, for everybody and, and like this is the kind of performance with his back against the wall that you that you really like really shows the kind of the, the kind of development in his game from he didn't get tired like what he's done in the past he didn't he didn't do anything stupid when he was he didn't like you know start trying to throw crazy crazy techniques when when he didn't need to he just he just it was a mature performance where he put everything together really well that you know one performance maybe that we thought we were going to see 
before what was it three in a row we'd lost there yeah I think it was that yeah three in a row so yeah, yeah so like you know this is this is one where he's under a lot of pressure back against the wall probably going to be cut if he loses this yeah and it's a fucking tough guy and Joe Duffy like you know the, Joe Duffy's no joke like you know and he went out there and like hurt his leg like had a good game plan executed it well uh, showed maturity just look showed that he developed in a, in a high pressure situation mm-hmm. yeah and obviously you know we're an Irish MMA podcast and you know we want to see the Irish guys doing well but I really want to see Mark D. Casey doing well as well because like to me what, what I hate most in MMA and maybe I, this is hyperbole alright but I hate lads that like you can see as world champions you can see them as like a top it's five a new, fighter it's a new thing you can hate Nana Nana Baldor as a TV deal this is my new gimmick this is my new gimmick but I hate when lads you can see that they have the potential and they can see they have the potential but they just don't realise it or they, you know, I, don't, I mean realise I don't mean realise like in their brain I mean realise it as in reach it and or they're out there trying to throw like you know crazy kicks and no, stuff think, because we landed once or yeah. you know some guys like you know who are unbelievable at jiu jitsu and they, they try to strike or you know stuff like that it's just it's so frustrating to watch but when a guy does put it together mm-hmm. and you finally are like this is what you should have been doing yeah. and you know it's 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 satisfying to watch even as a fan you know yeah like for me dia casey did that tonight and he did the big kicks and stuff like that like that push off <laughs> swinging fucking wheel kick uh off of off of joseph duffy's hip and and he threw the big elbows inside and stuff but he also did like the technical stuff those little leg kicks like that little little is definitely the wrong, <laughs> wrong word from those big leg kicks like he did to Joseph Duffy what was done to him a couple of fights ago and he took out the legs very early and Joseph Duffy had to switch to Soapa and he was in Soapa for most of the fight because J.K. Casey was hurting his legs so badly and that when you were like a hitter or a a really athletic guy with all the kind of knockout tools and with good wrestling and stuff like that and you're fighting against like a technical boxer who's 7 and no in boxing and you can take him totally out of his stance. It's not just like, oh, take him out of his game, take him out of his game plan. You're making him switch stances for like 10 minutes of the fight. That is fucking huge. Like, that is unbelievably huge. And that's what happened in this fight. Marchie Casey did that in the first two or three minutes of this fight. Knocked Joseph Duffy down with a big elbow. Made, the, you know, the stance switch came. He got to take down in the second. He was dominant on the feet. You know, in the third, Duffy was coming forward, but he was still in southpaw. And it was, he, he was finding it kind of hard to do it. And Mark Casey was just a little bit too quick for him. Duffy, you know, he pulled the guard near the end, but it, it, there just wasn't enough. And G. Casey was too strong on top. And, you know, I don't Really, this is one of those losses Please. where you take nothing away from Joseph Duffy in this because Mark Casey on his day is just a great, great fighter. And, you know, it was a good fight. And, you know, Joseph Duffy will definitely be back again. What were you going to say? Yeah, were you surprised that Duffy going for going for takedown in the first round? I wasn't really, no. I think, like... I think if he got on top, he could have had an advantage. You know, I, I think Duffy's jiu-jitsu game is very good. He could go for a submission and stuff like that. And I think he was going for takedowns as well because because of what, you know, you said there. People know G. Casey is maybe getting tired late or not being able to land that big shot late. And if you get a guy down or push him against the fence and, and grapple on top of him when maybe he... Well, obviously everyone would rather be on top unless you're fucking, you know, Ben, ben Saunders or someone like that. It's going to tire him out. So I, I think that's a good game plan. I think that was the right thing for Joseph Duffy to do. But for him to not be able to fight in the orthodox stance for 10 minutes of the fight, he's just a killer, like... It's a, what are you supposed to do, really? Okay, he could have gone back, and he did go back a little bit near the end, and I thought maybe he could have gone back a little bit shorter. That's the only way I'd maybe I'd... Or a little bit sooner, sorry. That's the only thing I'd maybe criticise him about. But I can't criticise him about too much. It was just a, a really, really great display, you know, from from Archie Casey. And look, both of these, these guys will, will definitely be back. Uh, and for, for, yeah. for Jacasey as well, like, okay, he lost three in a row, but... You know, a lot of guys don't come in and fight the kind of level of competition, and even off losses, you know, he's fighting, he's fighting really tough guys, and three losses in a row, and you get Joe Duffy, like that's, that's serious, that's a serious matchup, like you know, uh, they, they, we were talking before the fight that like, or on the podcast last week before the fight that, mm-hmm. it's kind of fight that women you're kind of thinking Duffy will win, yeah. when you're you're picking Jacasey to win. It's a high-level fight, and both guys are coming off losses, and it just shows how stacked that division is, really like, does, yeah. and how how hard it is to be a world champion. And that, like, you can have so many tools, like like Joe Duffy or like Jacasey, and you can be on these losing streaks, 
with your back against the wall so quickly in that division. Mm-hmm, 100%. Uh, Jack Marshman beat John Phillips uh, as well. Saparek Safarov won there. Dan Ige got a quick submission against Danny Henry. Really good rear naked joke. Mike Grundy, a guy we've, we've heard a lot from the UK Arm of Severa, came in and got a big win against Nad Naramani, you know, who's no joke, a win over Paddy Pimblett he has. And uh, Paddy Pimblett's yeah. uh, team stoppage. Uh, I actually didn't see that fight yet. I was, I was just reading it was about a it. Standing, what was it? standing TKO, like he was definitely hurt, like, and he, but he was. <laughs> I like he seemed to be given a, a little bit more, like, but. I think he was probably about to be finished mm-hmm. properly, but you like to see them, especially a guy who's like, you know, on a on a streak. He hasn't been finished in a long time. I know that shouldn't come into the ref thinking, but he's yeah. he's not a guy who's like you know uh, chucked a dell or something where like, you know, if he takes another shot, you never know what would happen. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, like another thing about that as well, uh, Manny McCann against Priscilla Coachea. Very, very good Oof. display from, from Molly McCann, but in the last Her moment, at the end, 40 seconds, that, that fight should have been stopped. And I don't care if Molly McCann was ahead 30-27, you know, if it had gone another 40 seconds. If she can't see out of that eye, and there's one second left on the clock and the ref stops it, you have to stop the fight. And the doctor should have stopped know. that fight. The, the doctor like, should have stopped that fight. The doctor, if, if she's saying, like, my eye's good, the doctor's... Is he going to be able to tell in a few seconds for sure that? Did he even put he up his know. fingers and like say how many fingers lie up and Yeah, I know, but the, the, like the the fighter's going to lie, and the doctor is just there for show most of the time, really. Like unless unless there's something major going on, like la la blood going into your eye. Like it's these days, it's pretty rare that the doctor's going to stop it. Like if you say you're fine, you can see it's going to go on. Yeah, that is true. These things happen in MMA, measure. Uh, all right, before we move on, next week, actually, there's some big cards as well. We, we'll get to the UFC card in a second, but Bellator 218, uh, Emmanuel Sanchez, Georgie Carcanyon, and, and a few other fights, that's going to be on... Uh, that's going to be on uh, Sky. So we're very delighted. We're going to be able to talk about that next week. Linton Vassell as well uh, is on that card, and uh, Mike Shipman, killer, he's, <laughs> he's on that card as well. Big uh, KSW 47 card as well. Um, uh, you know, there's there's loads of big. Car- we'll actually have a preview preview out on that uh, during the week. One of the lads is, is sending in, so we'll we'll you'll be able to, to see that during the week. The De- freeze versus Narcoon Bujanowski's back on that card as well. Norman Park is fighting in that card as well versus Boris um, Mankowski. So it's good to see Norman Park back. Satoshi Ishii's on that card as well. It's a really really good K- KSW card uh, coming up uh, here next week uh, as well. But a few issues during the week. Conor McGregor breaking lads' phones, slapping them out of their hands, stomp- stomping on them and stuff like that what you think of that Graham is he gone is he gone mad altogether what's the crack with him I don't know like yeah it seems like they've made him to me I don't know like I don't know I haven't got any inside knowledge on what happened but it seems if 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 it's a if it's a phone knocking a phone out somebody's hand and stomping on it they seem to be making a big deal out of it but I suppose that's a that, that comes with the territory of, of being a famous yeah. sports star celebrity and, and being breaking through in America and it's 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 gonna generate clicks it's gonna generate views so it's 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 gonna it's gonna make people's names be visible so I think I think it's probably been blown out of proportion but yeah. I I don't really know. Yeah look it's a thing and nothing really let's be let's be honest he's lapped the phone out of some fella's hand and someone's like Oh yeah, give him a new phone, he'd be grand. But look, like I, th- I think the the bigger point to this is, as you said there, like Conor McGregor is such a big star now, and I think he kind of, maybe for himself, he kind of maybe has to realize how big of a star he is and keep himself out of this these sort of situations because. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Some fella might fucking throw a punch at you and you'll be forced to throw a punch back at him and then you're done for fucking assault and you you could be fucking put yeah, away. And then or you're banned so. for six months and find money by the Nevada State <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, you're some fucking McGregor shill you are. But yeah, look, at these things These things can happen. Like, you know, get, get your... Instead of walking, you know, 20 yards to get you to your car... Get your fucking, you know, get your driver to, to jump up, drive up on the fucking curb and collect you at the door, you know, just small things like that even are things you need to do uh, at the, that, you know, that sort of, when you've that sort of celebrity, you know, so, you know, that, that's, and, and just stop slapping phones on the lad's hands as well and stop doing that, that sort of shit like, and, you know, this whole dolly shit as well, that, this is just, you know, 30 years old now getting a bit old for that, so, look, it was, it was a thing and nothing really, but, Tony Ferguson in as well, I suppose, is, is the other lightweight that's kind of had 
trouble this week. Uh, his wife got a restraining order and she came out and, and released a statement saying, you know, he hasn't done anything. This is you know, a, a domestic case, but it's not a domestic violence as such yet. He's not, you know, he's not hit her, uh, struck her or anything. He, she's just doing it as kind of a precaution because he's been acting a little bit weird and, you know, showing signs, you know, odd signs maybe. So... You know, this is another thing. Like, I saw a few people saying that, okay, this is a private matter and probably should have been kept private. And usually when lads say that, it's 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 not right. But in this situation, it it kind of is right. And this is kind of a... It is a private situation kind of for Tony Ferguson and his, his family to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But he seems to be being quite public about it. Like, he doesn't seem to be shying away from it. Like, as he, some people say, like, oh, kind of give me privacy and kind of leave me alone in this time or whatever. But... Uh, did you did you see like the kind of series of events? Yeah, that kind of came out. Of... He threw holy water or something. And he did. He t- took his child away and stuff. She is. I think his wife said she described it as apparently alleged or allegedly or apparently she described it as a psychotic break or a panic attack, and he screamed in her face, swore at her, thought she was someone else, and uh she woke up that, that night she says quote i woke up that night to tony standing over me accusing me of being a witch jesus and uh he unplugged the refrigerator and turned off the power or half the power in their home because he believed there were cameras in the refrigerator and the ceiling fan and they're, they're being watched and he cut the words to the heat and air and conditioning she said believing there was a tracking device in it uh yeah so yeah, that's there's, a, other, there's a lot of other stuff as well. So yeah, uh, some kind of psychosis maybe or something. It's hard. It's really hard to know. Like, but um, he, yeah, he definitely um, he's definitely a bit of a wild man. But uh, this is this is uh, this is I think more. Uh, this is this is uh, even out of character. You know, he, as wild a man as he is, this is this is serious like this is something you can't just brush off this is something that you have to get help for and he has said that like oh, he's getting the help or whatever that he needs but uh yeah if you don't take something like this seriously it could it could be a very big problem yeah yeah 100 well said there yeah and look hopefully he, he can get the you know the help he needs and stuff like that and i don't think anyone should be you know too harsh I and mean, even if you know if you're a conor mcgregor fan don't be you know don't be taking the piss out of him in this time you know there's, there's no need for and i think conor mcgregor even came out and kind of tweeted out you know you know, we're behind you to get he better, like, or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he can he can uh, get his you know get his life together and, and and you know and come back and and do what he does best and and fight. Uh, but all right, let's let's move on to next week's uh, UFC card and two of my favorite lads in the world to talk about: Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Anthony <laughs> Pettis. Uh, meet Wonderboy, <laughs> Jack Black, some legend. Uh, the main event. How, how do you see this one going? That's all I got. Like, that's all. That's all I'm saying. How do you see this? That's my only question. I was waiting for you to say something else. Like, okay, that's it. Uh, I see Wonder Boy just being uh, too like okay. His strike is striking is is mainly kicks, kind of same as Pettis, but he's so much bigger. Like Pettis's guy has been a 45, and Wonder Boy's Wonder Boy's a guy that we've talked about could could go to 185 and have a lot of success. So I think there's the size difference and. The way Wonderboy can use his kicks to to create distance and to keep the distance he wants, and I don't think Pettis is going to offer much of a threat of a takedown. He's not really his game, and never has been. And if there's any kind of weakness in Pettis' striking, it's kind of the same weakness in Wonderboy's striking of of kind of subpar boxing compared to the rest of his striking game. So I just see the, the length and and slight. Uh, striking advantage and size advantage for Wonderboy just being too much yeah look to me I think Anthony Pettis kind of thrives in fights where obviously it's two lads standing there and he can land his one big shot or he can you know get takedowns and stuff now obviously if Wonderboy is coming out and fighting him like it's a striking matchup, maybe he'll leave himself open for a takedown a little bit. And Anthony Pettis is, has more submission finishes than he has KO. He is, but is he as a... Okay, he's hard to take down against... And this sounds weird, but he's hard to take down against Tyron Woodley. But he is, you know, was he as hard to take down against Masvidal or, or uh, you know, Robert Whittaker or someone like that who's going to stand with him and, and trade with him? If Anthony Pettis gets into a situation where you're standing and... Uh, and trading with him, like, will he be easier to take down then? And that could be an, you know, an avenue which Anthony Pettis looks towards to to get him down and and, and submit him. But now, look, to to say that now, I don't think he will do that. Um, but 
I think it'll be a striker match. I know Pettis has a lot of submissions, but mm -hmm. I'd be very surprised if, if... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Pettis won by submission. Take, if he gets a takedown and worth his submission, I think if Pettis is to get a submission, there'll be some kind of like scramble submission. That's kind of where he gets his submissions. Yeah. Look, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if Pettis won by submission, but over five rounds... I'd be very surprised if Wanderby didn't land enough shots to knock him out. Like, Wanderby in, in fights like this, like Rory McDonald, where it's going to be a kind of a technical stand-up fight, uh, where he, do, you know, maybe doesn't get get taken down. He's going to land that jab. He's going to land a big shot over the top. He's going to land three or four shots down the middle. And, you know, it's going to be a struggle for Pettis to kind of get those those big body shots and, and big head shots away that he likes to get, you know, like we saw against kind of Joe Lozon back in the day and stuff like that. So, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you as well. You've just been a little bit too big now. We looked at it last week and, and we said that Darren Till's going to be too big for uh, for Masvidal and we were totally wrong there. So maybe the same will happen again, but I, I don't think so. I, I think uh, I think Wanderby will, will, will win this. But I think I think it'll be a good fight. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, a lot of Pettis' fights sometimes, you're standing there looking at each other and the same can be said for Wanderby. A lot of his fights are standing there looking at each other. But I don't know. I've, I've just a feeling that Wanderby is going to, Throw those big head kicks, and Pettis is going to be trying to counter him. He's going to be throwing body kicks inside. He's going to try to jab to get inside and land big shots over the top. And I think it could be a good matchup. Now it might be awful as well, but look, let, let's let's wait and see uh, after that. Uh, other than that, it's not the strongest card in the world. Curtis Blades is coming back here against uh, Justin Willis. John McDessie is always fun to watch. Juicia Formiga and Davidson Figueiredo done a really really great flyweight fight. Luis Pena the what, what's his name? The Bob Ross, something violent. Bob Ross is, is back here. Macy Barber, really, really top class prospect against JJ Aldrich. Um, Frankie Signs, Marlon Vera is a good fight. Alexis Davis is back here against uh, Jennifer Maya, Angela Hill, your personal favorite fighter against uh, Randa Marcos, and uh, and, a, <laughs> and a few more as well. Anything in that uh, undercard stick out you there as a, as a fun well, obviously, good fight? Yeah, Angela Hill. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> John, explain why I said that. <laughs> I just, I just always thought she was so overrated. Yeah, she is. Uh, uh, Bryce Mitchell, 10 and 0, you know, Ryan McDonald, 10 and 0. It'd be interesting to see these guys like uh, Figueroa, or Figueroa, how do you say that? Hey, Figueroa, isn't it? Figueroa, yeah. Figueroa, 15 and 0, like against Formiga. Formiga's very dangerous. Like, if you can get your back, it's, it's, which he's very good at doing, it's, it's a very, very difficult situation to escape. But, um, Besides the main event, there's not really much there except mm -hmm. maybe seeing what these these kind of up and coming. Not you're kind of stretching, even though like you know, looking at the main card. Yeah. Missy Barber is good in fairness. She she looks like someone yeah. who could be good, but yeah, this is not a great could card. be, but like main event, like or not main event, main card. Mm. Yeah. It's not a great card at yeah, all. It's not a great card. Uh, okay, let's get to a couple of questions. First from Patreon. I'll answer the rest of these uh, over on the QA. We actually have loads in already, so I'll answer loads of more on the QA. Sign up patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Go over to severe forward slash points. Price of a pint a month, you can sign up there. You'll have Sheehan Shaw. You'll have the state of the UFC. I must do it this week or maybe next week. There was, I think, a few people suggested Zane Simon, so I might get I might get him on. I might ask Zane. If you're listening, Zane, give me a shout. Uh, and I'll have to do a UK MMA show coming up soon. Oh, yeah, and um, the career retrospective as well this week is going to be Diego Sanchez. So I want the lad sent in Diego Sanchez. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe. Aliens podcast. are coming, Diego. Aliens are coming. So that's, Diego Sanchez, one of my favorite fighters ever. So we're going we're gonna to do that. Uh, all right, a couple of questions from Patreon here. Uh, Sean Dinney what are your thoughts on John Kavanagh getting delayed and missing cornering Gunnar Nelson and Phillips could he have uh, sent someone else to corner Cowley at Brave or is Brave uh, money more of a priority now Jesus uh, I don't know like I don't know what the situation with, with money I don't know if John's getting paid for Brave yeah. but, but it's like uh, to me this looks like King Cowley's there with him day in day out and are the other two lads there I don't think John, uh, John Phillips is there day in day out Gunnar Nelson definitely isn't anyway so, well, Gunnar Nelson and John like have had a they have, long yeah. standing relationship, but like sometimes you know shit happens and you get delayed and you can't make it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it was like I've no idea, like like I've no inside knowledge, but I, I don't doubt it was a uh, I'm not, not I'm gonna knock corner to you guys. Mm -hmm. um, he probably did like he's flown around the world before cornering guys, like you know. He tried uh, to make it as well. Maybe he thought he could make it, and his flight got delayed. Yeah, he's so. done it before. You know, he's he's. In the past, he's gone to like all these coaches that have have 
big gyms with loads of fighters. They they go Friday, Sunday, you know, Saturday. They might even have three different fight events from different places over on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like it's just the way the way it is, and sometimes shit happens, and you fucking your flight gets delayed or you know whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Ashbridge, this is a non question. Always perturbed when fighters throw their mouth guards into the crowd, and <laughs> at the end of a fight, you're in the crowd. A fight ends, and amongst the cheers and celebrations, one fighter's mic guard comes flying through the air towards you. Do you catch it and take it home? What would you do, Graham? Would you catch it and take it home? Um, no, no, I wouldn't. It's, it's a bit weird, yeah. I probably wouldn't, fairness, but it'd be a little bit disgusting. I'd probably be so drunk that I would catch it and take it home, but yeah. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Right? If it was a good fighter, it would depend on the quality of the fighter. <laughs> it would. Yeah, if, uh, if Cindy Dan Dodge. <laughs> Cindy Dan Dodge winning a fight is fucking hilarious enough to start. <laughs> I thought, the, the, Cindy, I on cage warriors now. I'll have the cage warriors lads giving out to me. Sorry, apologies to Cindy, but yeah. I think she I think she's like good on the ground, but like her striking is is yeah. phenomenal. Do you remember her calling out Cyborg? <laughs> she called out Cyborg after that fucking horrendous fight. Like, what is uh, happening here? How? Like, why do people? Is that allowed? What the? Oh, what is going on? Insane. Anyway, <laughs> Cindy Dandoa is, oh, I don't know. She's my female Anthony Pettis. That's what she is. Uh, Andy Hall. Sorry, Anthony Pettis. So I guess Masvidal has answered uh, the question who will be who will be next opponent. Yeah, uh, Leon Edwards. And then he says, is the Till hype train fully derailed now? Was this a symptom of being pushed too quick? Where does he go next? And is there ever a title shot in the future for him? Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it is too quick. Um, I think we said that before the Wonder Boy fight, and then he ended up getting the decision, and that maybe that was a bad thing. Maybe if he had of, it's easy to say that though. Afterwards, like after after it is easy to say, oh well, if if he had a loss, maybe it would have been the best thing for him. But I think I think you know if you look at the the guys at the top of the division, they're very good wrestlers. I think that's that's not really doesn't really suit his style like maybe middleweight you know he can bulk up even further mm-hmm. the guys aren't necessarily as as persistent with their wrestling at the top of that division and he won't have the size advantage but he, he may have more speed and I don't think he'd be at a size disadvantage at middleweight against most guys so I think maybe Maybe middleweight is the best option. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Podge and Graham H. asked about Tom Breeze. Yeah, we, we probably should have mentioned him earlier on. He was supposed to fight in this card, but he pulled out like five or six hours before that. Um, there was a few rumors going to go out. I don't really want to, to mention exactly what it is because I, m- I might be wrong and I don't want to say it. But it's a pity, isn't it? That Tom, this keeps happening to Tom Breeze. And, you know, he keeps, you know, whether it's, you know, mental or physical or, or whatever. Like, Tom Breeze to me looks like a really, really great fighter. And it's such a pity, isn't it, that he, he just he can't seem to turn up and, and, and be able to perform. Yeah, even before he got to the UFC, like, you know, there's a lot of hype behind him in his lot is after four or five fights and he just was injured for then a couple of years and uh, the game moves on quick, but he came back and he looked a bit rusty in the first one or first two, but he definitely showed why there was a lot of hype behind him and he, he you know, he, he has a lot of tools, but some guys are just unlucky and they're just injury prone or just things just don't go right and the game is on so fast that you you can miss that train pretty pretty easily. And I'm not saying he has, but he's he's gonna have he's not young anymore. He's gonna have to make it happen soon. And every time something like this happens, where he has to pull out of a fight or all these injuries that he's had in the past, it's it's a uh, it makes it very unlikely. Like you know that he's that he's gonna do what people kind of hoped he'd do. People thought maybe he'd be the first UK or English champion in the UFC and obviously uh, they're claiming Bisbing but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Cypriot Michael Bisbing but, uh, <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the Hall of Fame actually Bisbing as well you see that tonight so he's a pretty worthy recipient of the Hall of Fame uh, induction isn't he yeah yeah he is like you know uh, he's, he's been a big personality around the game he's on the ultimate fighter when people watch that and then <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when that was it was actually when that was a thing when that existed. Deal. Like yeah. it actually did. Like people probably can't believe that now. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, uh, Bisbing's obviously you know uh, he, he's he's a bit of a legend. Like yeah. you know, he says what he think, what he what he means, and people can you know can kind of 
I've watched his journey from him develop from very kind of primitive MMA skills to winning the belt and kind of against all odds on short notice, like coming off a movie set. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of, it was. it's a great story, the Bisbean story. Yeah. Uh, and last thing there, I just actually got sent the Gunnar Nelson, Nelson? Nelson scorecard. Nelson. And uh, yeah, it was the first round he was given by the first judge whose name is, let me just look at it. Ah, uh, God, can I see it? Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes gave him the first round. So if you want to throw abuse at him, uh, at least he's it the wasn't man. Ben Carlage, didn't it? No, Vin Carlage actually wasn't. He was the one who sent it to me. I'm not <laughs> gonna lie, but uh, it was just <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't judging on this card. So um, yeah, it wasn't him. We can't blame him for for having uh, that. Yeah, if, like if, they, they got they got the better quality judges in the end. If if the judges had known Joseph Duffy lived in London for a while, maybe they would have given him the decision. Like so, that old home <laughs> down. Remember the, the Paddy Pym, the darn Tales are all getting fucking hometown decisions over in England. It's always the same. It's always the same. But uh, yeah, that's <laughs> where <laughs> that's where we leave it anyway. <laughs> Thanks to Ben and everyone else for listening in. Uh, sign up Patreon.com forward slash Shamir podcast, and we leave you here on the inspirational quote of the week: "One small crack does not mean you're broken. It means that you were put to the test and you didn't fall apart." See you next Monday, or Tuesday, or Sunday probably. Maybe even Saturday like night.